Lord, heal me. Jesus, help me. God, give me the strength to bear this burden, to deal with this suffering, to face whatever it is I'm dealing with. Help, come to my rescue, etc., etc., etc. Chances are all of us in, in this church this morning, in some way, shape, or form, have uttered some type of prayer like that. Some prayer asking for God to have mercy on us, to see us, to heal us, to give us strength to carry some cross. If we have been so blessed as to not have to ever make that prayer, I'm sure we all know someone who has. Healing is one of those things that when it comes to the Christian faith is very mysterious. Why would a good God allow suffering? Why would this happen? Why doesn't he answer the prayers? Several years ago in summer of 2018, I spent a summer in Pensacola, Florida as a hospital chaplain. And for the whole 10 weeks that I was there, there was one particular young lady who I would visit pretty frequently, several times a week. And she had been there for about a month before I got there. And she had all kind of health issues and it stemmed from a variety of just bad decisions, call it for what it is. And the whole time she always wanted to pray for healing, for spiritual and bodily healing. And so we got to know each other quite well, visited, asked questions, kind of got to know each other. And then my last week while I was there, I went to kind of make my rounds and say goodbye to all the nurses. And she was the only person in the hospital as a patient who was there for the entire time that I was there. So I went to say goodbye and she says, actually, I'll be behind you pretty soon. I'll be discharged tomorrow. I said, okay, good. So your body's all ready to go. It's strong. She said, well, I've been physically healthy enough. I just kind of wanted to stick around, but I'm not worried so much about my physical health. I'm proud to say that spiritually I've been healed as well. I feel like I have the strength to go and face this burden, this, this cross that I've been given. I feel like I have what it takes now because God has answered my prayers. I said, okay, and at first, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I was very skeptical. What does that mean? How did you just all of a sudden get the grace? And so I started to ask her more about it. She said, I had been healed probably a month ago, but I didn't want to recognize it. Spiritually, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to really believe that God gave me the freedom and the strength to walk away from this, this addiction that I'm struggling with. And through the counseling and everything, yes, yes, there's another side to it, a medical side to it. But what she said really, really did strike me. I've already been healed. I just really didn't see it. What a concept. Look at the 10 lepers in the gospel today. They're all cleansed. They look at Jesus and they know what he's done. They've heard what he's been doing. He's, they've seen the miracles. Lord Jesus, Jesus Master, Jesus Savior, Jesus Divine Physician, we know who you are. We know what you can do. Have pity on us. Have mercy. Heal us. They stayed at a distance because that was the law at the time. They were unclean. We're going to spread leprosy. And Jesus doesn't say, come here, let me give you a blessing, let's pray together. He simply says, go show yourself to the priest so that he can see that you've been cleansed, so that he can give approval that now you are up to date, up to speed, if you will, and that you can come back into society. Make it a public act of your faith. And on the way, as the gospel is saying, they're all cleansed, but one in particular, St. Luke is very, very intentional about saying one realized that he was healed. They were all healed. They were all cleansed, but only one realized it. 
Why is that the case? A lot of times when we see something in Scripture that isn't ideal, we tend to villainize that person. These nine lepers who were healed and didn't come back, were they just ungrateful? Maybe. Maybe they didn't recognize that they were healed. Maybe they didn't think that they were worthy of being healed. Maybe they didn't want to acknowledge that, that they had to go to God and get that healing. They couldn't do it themselves. Look at poor St. Martha in the Gospel. Martha, Martha, you're worried about too many things. Just come listen to me. Well, of course, Martha, why wouldn't you do that? Go listen to Jesus. She was doing her best, trying to take care of the Lord. We tend to villainize those people who really mirror what we do even today. That's a great irony of it. But what if we started to see healing in a different light? That God has healed us to some extent. That he continues to heal us daily. But what healing in our lives take place that we don't want to look at? What burdens do we become so encapsulated with that they're too heavy to put down? What pains, what woundedness, what sinfulness, what brokenness, whatever it is in life, what is it that we focus on just a little too much to see the healing? And that's not to shame us. That's not to make us feel guilty that, oh, maybe I am healed and I just refuse to see God. Maybe that's the case, but it's always a deeper invitation to open our hearts more, for let God, to let God do what he says best in Scripture. Behold, I make all things new. I want to make your heart new. I want to heal you in a new way. I want you to encounter me in a new way. For those of you who are called to the state of marriage, the vocation of marriage, you've known your spouse for years, but there's always some type of newness through the sacrament, the sacramental grace, that you never just get so tired of, your, of each other where you just walk away. Eh, we'll take a few months of a break and then come back later. There's a certain newness out of love, out of grace. The Lord reveals himself to us in that same way, through healing, through answering our prayers, sometimes in a way that we don't expect, sometimes in a way we do expect and we just don't want to see it. Hear me very clearly, that is a poison of the enemy. Satan does not want us to be healed. The enemy wants us to stay wounded. He doesn't want us to see God. He doesn't want us to realize that we do have the grace. How? Through our baptism. This first reading, Naaman goes down, he has leprosy as well. He plunges seven times in the Jordan. Ironically enough, the same river that Jesus is baptized in years and years and years later. It's this rich symbol of our baptism, being washed in the waters. When you're washed in the waters, yes, your sin is forgiven completely. Yes, you are claimed as a child of God for all eternity. But you also receive this authority as a priest, a prophet, and a king. A priest to go and sanctify the world, a prophet to be a herald of the gospel, a king to rule with Christ. That's why St. Paul in the second reading says, I may be locked up like a criminal, I'm in chains, but the word of God, he says, the word of God is not chained. It cannot be stopped. The word of God, when we see it for what it really, really is, the living word of God, his truth, we can't go wrong. The world will be changed. Hearts will know the Lord. But we have to be those heralds. That gospel changes us. The truth of God heals us. Yes, the sacraments are absolutely important. The community is absolutely important. 
The scriptures are too. So often I think as Catholics we think that I'll just go to Mass and within that three-year cycle I'll hear most of the Gospel, most of the, the Bible. I'm sure all of us have a Bible at home, but how many of us just keep it in the corner to collect dust? How often do we actually read Scripture? It is not changed, St. Paul says. Healing is there. This Gospel contains everything that we need to have spiritual healing because it brings us to the God who wants to encounter us in a real, authentic, and deep way. Again and again and again, in a new way, to make all things new. Our very hearts, the core of who we are, Imagine the church, imagine the world, imagine our families, our schools, our workplaces, imagine everything. If we recognize the authority that we have through our baptism in being healed in ways that we may never even expect, imagine how different the world would look. And this isn't some fairy tale pie in the sky thinking. It is entirely possible so long as we would want it enough to choose it. It is entirely within our realm to turn to the Lord, to turn away from our sin, our brokenness, our woundedness, to give all of that to Him as well, so that He receives it as a perfect offering, makes up for what it lacks, and calls us deeper and deeper into relation with Himself. There's an interior life that all of us have that so many people don't realize. Yes, we have our preferences, our likes, our dislikes, and everything else, but the core of our heart, our very soul, is designed and created to know, to love, and to serve God. It's what we absolutely desire. We don't always recognize that. But when we get to the core of it and realize that God is the only one that's going to console me, He's the only one that can comfort me. Really, He's the only one that can fulfill me and grant me peace, the peace that I yearn for. He wants that for you, it is yours. You don't earn it. It's his free gift. But when the enemy tempts us with this idea that you're never really going to be healed, so give it up. This is always going to be a pain. This is always going to be a cross. Maybe that's the case, but when we bear it with grace, spiritual healing takes place. Through our baptism, through the scriptures, through the community, through the sacraments, everything that we need brings us healing. So long as we choose it. But of course, once we see all of that healing, the rector at the seminary, at least when I was there, used to give his formation conferences and talk about the virtue of gratitude. Gratitude being a virtue. Bringing us closer to what God sees, that we need, that he provides, so that we always turn to him in gratitude to give thanks, to give praise, but to also realize that we don't deserve it. We can't earn it. But in his love for each of us individually, in his concern for each of us individually, for seeing our hearts individually, he chooses to love. He chooses to heal. And he chooses to give all the grace that we need to make it to heaven. That's the healing the world actually needs. That's the healing we need. So maybe you find yourself in that boat of having some type of healing and just not realizing it. Maybe not wanting to acknowledge it. Maybe not wanting to be grateful. Wherever you are, the Lord is still there. And he still calls you to himself. Uniquely, personally, and eternally. We can't do away with that. 
So be encouraged, take heart. The word of God, no, it's not chained. Neither is your heart through your baptism. Neither is your woundedness, because the Lord sees you and heals you. For his glory, but for yours too in heaven. When we start to see all the different opportunities that the Lord comes to us and provides everything that we need, then maybe that prayer takes on a new light. That same prayer, very brief, that the ten lepers say. Jesus, Master, King, Lord, Redeemer, Savior, Divine Physician, Good Shepherd, Jesus, Son of God, Jesus, you are the one. Jesus, have pity on me. Heal me. Sanctify me. As he said previously this week in the Gospel, ask and you receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be thrown open to you because he loves you, because he cherishes you, he chooses you. But most of all, as the gospel clearly says, he heals you. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.